Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Praise the Lord. Hey guys, how's it going? So happy that you're joining me tonight for night number two of our Confession Summit. Not just confessing the Word of God, but understanding faith, understanding supernatural principles that are going to change your life forever. We've been talking about faith, and we've been talking about confession, and I really felt like this was our... um, a good season for us to be communicating these truths, how important it is for me and you to know exactly what we're supposed to do and when to do it. I don't know about you, but confession, I think, is one of the most um, sometimes underrated um, activities that we could be doing as a believer, and we miss the value of it because we don't have understanding of how powerful it is in our life. So then last night, Go back and watch it if you didn't watch it. And tonight, add this to your spiritual life, and I promise you, your spiritual life is going to take on a whole new meaning. I'm telling you, confession is a key to releasing beliefs on the inside of you, and that is the action side of faith. That is one of the greatest things you can understand. Your confession is your action. That's big. Because a lot of times you think faith without works is dead. Your, your confession or your speaking the word of God is your works. Your confession is your action. Your confession is your release. Your confession is the action side of faith. It starts with the speaking. So it's very important that you understand if faith without works is dead, what is my work of faith? It's the confession of my mouth. It's the release of the word. It's the release of the seed. It's the ability of heaven. Big time you and me understanding that and applying it to our life. Well, praise the Lord. How many excited about sowing some seed? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's, I've been like, I really like Ecclesiastes 11.3. I think it explains so much to the believer what we need to be doing in these seasons of life. Understanding that, man, you better watch out for the clouds and you better watch out for the wind, man, right? It says, um, verse 11.3 says, If the clouds are full of rain, right, and they're upon the earth, then we have to understand this, that if the clouds are full of rain, they will empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall towards the south or towards the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. So what is he saying? He's just like saying, okay, listen, bottom line is this, clouds that are full of rain, guess what they bring? They bring rain. Trees that fall in the direction where they fall, that's where they lay. He, so he's saying what he's saying, bottom line is this, is that what it is, is kind of like what it is, man. You know what I mean? He's saying, look, he that observeth the what, the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. That's verse four. I'll tell you, problem right there is, man, I got to make sure I know. So stop looking at the wind and stop looking at the what, the clouds, and you're not going to be a source. So stop letting the obstacles stop you from sowing your seed. Don't let anything get in the way of your seed sowing. Don't let anything hinder your ability to give. Don't let anything stop you. And the big thing about money is this. I've done this a lot. Too many times that I want to say, and, and it's been, it, I'm not proud of it, but God has spoken to me about seeds and I put them off. 
And man, I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's not good. Like, God will speak to me in this season, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll get to it, or I'll do it. And then I'm like, well, and then God taught me this. Like, just about a couple months ago, I had received, and I knew I had to sow. And I literally was like, I was kind of like hemming and hauling on sowing it. And the Lord's like, how do you want to reap next time you need to reap? Like, you know, if it's in your, if it was in somebody's power, not to say people are doing this, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to sow a couple of days of wasting time. I might need a seed to develop quick over here. I don't want to sow this lethargic seed sowing. So literally, Pastor Liz will tell you it was funny. I said, I got to go out of my way. And, and, and I literally had to go somewhere, get something to go back. And she's like, why do you got to go do that now? That doesn't, that's like, and in the natural, if you didn't know why I was doing it, it doesn't make any sense. Like we're going out of our way to get something. And I said, no, I got to go get that thing. And I got to bring it now. Cause you want to know what I learned? The moment God has asked me to sow something, it doesn't belong to me anymore. That's really strong. If you get that. If God speaks to me about sowing a seed, it doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to someone else. I don't want to be holding something that belongs to somebody else too long because somebody might be out there holding my stuff for too long. I don't want to get into that. Amen. So I'm rapid in my seed sowing. I'm, I, I went back and I, I've been really serious about this. Stop being lethargic in your obedience to give when God tells you to give. That's why I like, man, come prepared to tithe. Come prepared to sow. And literally happened to me a couple months ago. God was like, go get that, give it. And I was like, okay, it doesn't belong to me anymore. I went out of my way. I drove 15, 20 minutes out of my way to go do something because I knew it didn't belong to me anymore. Be quick with your seed sowing because some, give good measure, press down, shake it together, running over, shall men give in your bosom. Do you want to wait? Do you want to hinder your harvest by waiting? I don't want to do that. So I got quick about it, amen? How many of you want to get quick about it, right? Praise the Lord. So how do we do it? Four powerful ways for you to give. They're all here on the screen. But what are we doing? We're really, this is the work of faith when it comes to finances, okay? The work of faith when it comes to finances is exactly what I'm showing you. I tithe, I sow seed, okay? Now that's the action. Now I add my work to it too. I use my mouth to what? Claim what I need, bind the devil, loose the angels. You see it? It's all the action. Now, what happens if I bind and loose and get over here? It'll probably be a level of effective, but it's not going to be as effective as stopping following the obedience of instruction. Tithe, offerings. You got this thing surrounded, man. I'm telling you. The, uh, the, the fake, go back and listen to the financial summit. Life-changing. Because now I got it. Now I'm done. I literally... Told God, I said, I'm done. I was like, done. Woohoo. Right? Um, I love this. I, lo I really like this. Check this out. Okay? So I was kind of like catching my thought here. I do this. One, I do, I tithe. Two, I give what I'm supposed to give. Three, I claim, I bind, I loose. And I pray in the spirit. That's it, man. I got nothing left. After that, it's out of my hands. So I pray in the spirit for my finances because I know I can now, right? So now I got, I, I tithe. Okay, I tithe. That's simple. What comes in, I give God is 10. Then I ask God, hey, any offerings? 
I give my offerings in obedience as I know. Then what do I do? I come to church like this. I, I claim it. I, I write, claim what I need. I break the power of the devil. Come on, I'm flowing. Then what I do? I lose the angels. Then what's the last thing? I pray in the spirit. I say, God, you know where it is. I don't know where it is. But I, right now, by faith, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Lead me to my provision. Bring the provision in. Then you're done. So claim what you need. Now you got it. It's, it's like, it's like really, it's kind of funny. I, I like to call it like, it's my, it's my process. So one tithe, two offering, three claim, four bind, five loose, six pray in the Holy Ghost. After my six step process, what else can I do? And I rest good at night knowing that's it, God. I don't know anything else to do. Forget it. It's on you now. It ain't my responsibility no more. Praise God. I'm looking to reap, but guess what? So claim what you need right now. Let's break the power of the devil. We break the power of the devil right now in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you, Lord, right now. We break your power, devil, in Jesus' name. And we lose the angels of heaven to go get our harvest. Bring it to us now. Change our life. Transform our future. Go get the money. Go get the stuff. Go get the jobs and better jobs. Go get the increase. Go get the supernatural blessing. And bring it to me now in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Luke 17. Let's pick up where we left off. Faith is your servant. Amen. Man, this is good. Right? Let's go to Luke 17, verse 5. We were releasing these things. If you, you, you understand that if you have faith, you're going to be a sayer. And I want to look at this and I want you to get this. He said, The apostles said to the Lord, in, The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So these guys are looking for increased faith, right? Great question. He said, Hey, how do I increase my faith? And the Lord said in red letters, if you had faith as a grain of seed, now look, he's talking about the, what is he talking about? He's, now, you got to watch yesterday and watch today together. It'll help you. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, lose the mustard seed, okay? The mustard seed is an example of faith. It doesn't mean big, small, and all that other stuff, okay? He said, if you had faith as a seed, or if you had faith, you might say under the tree, right there, stop, okay? Be thou plucked, be thou planted, go to the sea, it should obey you. Now, I want you to see this, okay? Now, this is really, really good stuff, okay? So now you're gonna get this at a level maybe you never heard it before. This is where I want you to build your confidence, and this is why conferences like this are life-changing, all right? If you had faith, you would say, and it would obey. Now, this is what I want you to get and understand. Because I was talking about this to somebody yesterday, and it really helped me. It will obey. Faith obeys you. This is the order. But the earth has to obey faith. Now, I need you to see that. That's, that's not a play on words. That's the order of a thing. Okay. Because Galatians 2.20, go there, Nick, go there. Galatians 2.20, we're going to come back and forth. Go to Galatians 2 and 20, and look what he says. Okay? Now, he gave you his faith. Okay? Now, it's the, and Jesus, through Abraham, gave you his faith. So we have the faith of Jesus. Because we got it through Abraham. Now, I want you to, I want you to see this now, because this is big. Okay, okay, so just go slow, 
nice and easy, don't make a ton of sense. Abraham gave you and me his faith when he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteous. We got the faith of Abraham, which translates to the faith of Jesus. Does that make sense? We just believe, now this is what Abraham did. Abraham did the work, Abraham did the action, Abraham became the father of faith, and because of his access into faith, we were all given the ability to believe. Okay, so when me and you come into kingdom, we accept by faith the message, and then we receive the faith to get saved. Correct? Yes, you get that faith. Now look what he says in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So he's saying, now the life you live is by the faith of the Son of God. Is that okay? Now, I want you to see that, because that's important. So he said, faith of the Son. Okay, I'm down. You got, the, you got, that, you got that faith from Jesus, right? Okay, so we got that, okay? So what does that mean? You could see this in, um, um, in Hebrews when Abraham believed God. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered Isaac, and he received the promise of what? His son. So we understand that that faith action now has produced faith for mankind. We got that, right? So now let's go back to Luke 17, and I see what you're saying. So now watch how this works. All right, this is, this is going to help you. Okay, I think it's big. It says you got you got to glorify. Woo, come on. Okay, I like this one. And I, I tell you what, I think this Luke seventeen is powerful. You know, because I think we we've over we we miss we misinterpret it. So he said we want to have increased faith. He said if you had faith as a seed, you would say. So faith says, all right, I'm down with it. And then what will obey you? Circumstances situations, life, obstacles, and devils and all that stuff have to, by authority rule, honor your faith because your faith equals the faith of Jesus. Now, here's the problem with people. We do not express our faith in words, and therefore, the faith that Jesus gave us has not been released to change situations and circumstances. You got to realize, this ain't even your faith. He gave you his faith. Jesus gave you his faith when he became born again, and he gave you faith in the word. So when faith arises from the word, all you got to do is find it. Now, when you go, I pray for this, or I bind, I loose, I ask, I do, what happens is the atmosphere, everything in the earth goes, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's Jesus' faith, but you're working it. That's why the power of authority is so strong. He gave you his name, because you're in his name. You have the authority to use his name. So if you don't use his name with your authority, guess what? Nothing's going to change. But when his name, his authority, his faith, his rule, his reign, his dominion, reign in life as a king shows up, the earth goes, can't, can't go against that. So you think it's you. It's not you. It's you using his word. It's you using his faith. It's you using his tools. It's you using his weapons. It's you. So here's the problem with the church, though. Because we didn't have a revelation in this, we sit back lethargic, and we don't realize how important it is to get our mouth moving because I work the words of faith with my mouth. And then when it shows up, it has to obey him 
but faith has to obey me. So this is the channel. I open my mouth, faith obeys me because I release it out of me, and then the earth situation, circumstances, demons, devils, and hell obey faith. Do you see it? You got to do your part. Watch what he says. But which of you having a servant? Now watch this. Now think about this. He's still talking about faith. He's explaining the parable. Which of you having a servant plow, feeding cattle, will say unto him when he's coming to the field, go and sit down and meet, eat, basically? Or would he not rather say to him, make me something to eat, and then after you're done, you could go eat and drink, right? Now watch this. Do you thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded to him? No, I think not. Now watch this. So likewise, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, say we were what? Unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to. Stop and pause. What is he saying? He talks about faith being a servant. So watch what he says. Is faith going to do the work? Or are you going to do the work? He's saying, rest in faith, and faith will do the work. That's what he's saying. He said, you wouldn't look at a servant in the natural, right? You wouldn't look at a servant in the natural and go, hey, you serve me, and go, you know, hey, it was funny. The, king, the, the queen just, just passed away, right? Did you see that? Did you see uh, the, the, the prince with that little pen kit? That joker wasn't going to move it, bro. He was getting ready to go right, and he looked at the servant to go get it off the table. He said, like, get it, like, move it. He was frustrated a little bit. Have you seen that thing? He's getting ready to sign it. He said, no, you get it. Now, if somebody would be like, that's rude, that's, that's, no, that is protocol in that environment. Now, that doesn't mean, the people getting the pen don't mean they're, they're, nobody's better than anybody else, but what is he saying? That's your role and responsibility. I'm taking my role and responsibility as the king. See, this is the problem with people. The guy has a role and responsibility as a king. The other guy got a role and responsibility as a servant. That too bad. You don't like it? Get a different job. That's how it rolls, right? So the king is enforcing his rule and reign. Like, get that off the desk. The servant gets everybody in America, oh, like, oh, you know, look at that. He's a bait. No, he's just taking his spot. Watch this. Would he look at that servant and tell the servant, oh, let me go do it? Nah. He's like, you do it. That's your job. Now, are you getting this? He's talking as faith as a servant. You better get this. This is some good stuff. He's saying, no, I'm not doing it. Faith's going to go do it. Faith obeys me. When I told faith to go, faith goes. Faith serves me. I don't serve faith. And when the earth shows up, when faith sees it, it has to obey it because it's the faith of Jesus. I'm telling you, this will change your life. See, here we think we got to do the work. No, faith's going to do the work. We think we got to do it. No, faith's going to do it. We think we got to go get it. No, faith's going to go get it. We, faith, you talking like faith's a person. Well, it is kind of like. It's an obtainer. It goes and gets. It brings and releases. It, Jesus said, if you had faith as a seed, you would say, work it with words. Man, you got to work with words. Look, man, I'm telling you, man, your words work. I'm telling you, man, people don't realize this stuff. It's the work of words, bro. You know? And then you say, people say, what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean it's the work of words? Oh, no. Good. You got to have the work of words. Jesus said, work the works. Man. 
right? Check this out. I got the scripture for you. I want you to find it. He said, it's the, it's the, the work is the word side. And if you get the word side working, man, you're going to change your life, right? So check this out. Which of you having a servant, right, plowing a field while saying to him, go take a break. Don't put it to break. Faith is the servant and it's doing the work. Faith is your servant. You say to the mountain, you say to the tree, you say to the obstacle and your servant faith will obey you and the obstacle will obey faith because it's Jesus' faith. Did you get that? Because how is it Jesus' faith? It came from his word. God gave you in his, God gave you his faith in which you could do the work. The same faith that created the universe, God gave you. Faith obeys you and the obstacles obey faith. Man, you better get that. Faith, he gave me faith. Faith does the work. Faith go get the money. Faith go get the healing. Faith go get the miracles. Faith go move faith. And ain't rest. That's the problem. We don't enter into rest. Because we ain't we don't enter, we haven't entered into look at this. We have we haven't entered into faith. Once you enter into faith, you, Hebrew says you've entered into rest. You see that? Yeah, I'm gonna find this for you, right? I didn't have that one in my notes. I know it's like Hebrew or something or another, right? But you gotta enter into faith, and then when you enter into faith, what do you enter into? Man, you enter into rest. Look at this right here. It's got a, it's like Hebrews 4, I'm almost positive it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, go to go to go to go to four. Oh man, it's all the four. Go to go um, go to Hebrews four and one. We're gonna read a lot of this too, man. This this will help you though. I think we gotta read all the way to like verse eleven. But it's okay. We skip around if it gets a little bit. Okay. Hebrews four and one. King James is great. You gotta see this, right? Let us therefore fear, just in case a promise being left unto us, entering in his rest, you come short of it. What you mean to rest? He's saying there's a rest. What you mean to rest? Well, if, you, if, you, if you're sending faith to go do it, you can rest. For unto us, now watch this, was the gospel preached and as well unto them. But the word did not preach, did not profit with them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you hear it, you got to mix faith with it. You see it? Did you get that? For unto us was the gospel what? Preached as well unto them. But the word preached was what? Did not profit them. Why? Because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. So hearing it ain't enough. You got to believe what you hear. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, now this is going to get really, this is going to put me out on the edge, but I'm right. But I thought faith comes by hearing. You already got faith in you before you heard. But when you hear the faith in you, has to agree with the faith you hear because Jesus is in you and he's always in agreement with his word. Just don't let reason outthink you. You better understand that. You ain't never heard that a day in your life, man. You better get this stuff. I'm talking to you people on that screen, okay? How, think about this. If faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God, how in the world can it, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, wait a minute. If I'm supposed to mix faith that's in me with what I hear, that means faith's got to be in me before I heard it. Yes, it does, because you got, you got, these jokers didn't have Jesus. You got Jesus, you got the faith of God in you, 
And when you hear the word of God, you got to agree. Just don't disagree with it. That's where unbelief comes in. You disagree with it and you get reason and all this goofiness going on. And you say, well, how could that be? My problems are so big or whatever it is. So just know faith is in you, inside of you going, oh, by any stripes I'm healed. I agree with that. Once you mix your faith with the faith that was heard, man, you got a faith, man, you got, you got faith too, but you got mountain moving faith right now. Cause you got faith in your mouth and you got faith in your heart. You got faith in your ear. You got, you're fully loaded, man. It came in your ear. Whatever goes in your ear goes in your heart. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, when you hear the word of God, pay attention because it goes in your heart, being sown in your heart, not in your head. So once you got it in your ear, you got it in your heart. Once you got agreement there and you do not have disagreement or vacillation of the mind, you got a winner, man. Now you're going to, boom. Now watch this. Verse three. For we which have believed do enter in the rest. What you mean you enter in the rest? Ain't nothing left for me to do. Faith's going to do it. I believe. The only work I got is believing. Woo! The only work I got is believing. Did you hear what I said? All you got to do is believe. You believe and it'll do the work. As I have sworn in my wrath. As I have sworn in my mouth. If they shall enter in the rest... Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. There he's talking about it. What you, well, what you mean the works were finished? That's that word. He's talking about the word of God. If you get the word of God and you enter into faith, you can enter into rest. Because before we ever showed up, before the world was formed, the word showed up. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Come on, man. Right? He said, oh, after seven days, take a rest. Ooh, and you shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore what? Verse six, it remaineth what? That some must enter therein, and they to whom the first priest entered, because they got unbelief. Don't let your unbelief mess you up. You'll enter in the rest. Again, right, he goes on the day of David, don't harden your heart. Why? Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Why? Because when you hear it in your ear, it goes in your heart. But if you got a hard heart, what's that seed do? It hits that wall and falls down. I don't agree with it. I don't believe it. I don't see. That's that seed trying to get in there. And your heart's so, heart so hard. It's like, no, reject her, reject her, reject her, reject her. God can't even help you, man, if you're like that. Right? Jesus said, woo, you're going to get a rest. And you're going to rest. And the people of God got a rest. And, man, he wants you to enter in that rest. But I'm telling you now, he said, look, he said, it ain't easy to enter in that rest. Let us labor, therefore, to enter in that rest. Look at verse 11, right? He said, just for time's sake, let us, therefore, enter in to enter in the rest. What? Just in case anybody fall by that same example of unbelief. Say, no, no more, man. I ain't going there. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going there. No way. Lord, God, man, and he talks about the word of God being quick and powerful. So faith is your servant, okay? So let's go to this. Well, how in the world am I going to get this thing to grow? Look what he says in the Message Bible for Luke 17, 6. So if you go to Luke 17, 6 in the Message, he kind of says this. He said, you don't need more faith. That's big. Woo! Look what it says in the Message. But the Master said, you don't need more faith. Wow. There's no more or less in faith. He's breaking it down, ain't he? He's saying there ain't no small or great. If you have a barrel of kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy seed, you could say to the sycamine tree, go jump in the lake and it'll listen. 
If you have a, ba- a bear, I'm sorry, I said barrel, it's bear. If you have a bear kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy seed, you could say. See what I'm saying? He said, ain't no bigger little faith. It's a, the, bigger, the, big, the bigger the little's in the saying. How much saying you've been doing? Believing and get the saying going. How, how good of a sayer are you? Man, I'll tell you right now. You got to sow it. So here's some keys, right? You got to hear the word, find the word, accept the word, receive the word, bring forth the fruit, act upon the word. You got to get this thing going, man, because this is how you bear the fruit. Look at this. I'm telling you, man, the enemy don't want you to know this stuff. Because you got to add patience to it, too. That's a big one. Faith and patience obtained the promise of God. That's big. You want to see that? Go look at Hebrews. Go look at Hebrews 6 and 12. This is a big one, too. I like, I like this because you know what happens is people get so, uh, they get so tired uh, in the waiting, um, it, it gets messed up, okay? And we could even look at this. We could even look at 6 and 12. Let's look at 6 and 12 in the Passion because it reads a little clearer. Give you a minute to get there. But let's read it there because, man, I'll tell you what. This thing in the Passion gets clear, you know? You know? It's big, man. Big. Look what it says here. So don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm. Boy, ain't that good? Right? Right? But follow the example of those who fully received what God had promised because of their strong faith and patient endurance. That's big. That, you can't get it straighter than that. He's saying, look, man, don't lose your enthusiasm for this stuff because I'm telling you this. Follow the example of those who fully received what God had promised because of what? Strong faith and patient endurance. Okay? Now watch this 13. Now when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself, he swore an oath on his integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. So he said, have no doubt, I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son and multiply you without measure. So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. Do you get that? That's big, man. We're going to read all the way to 20. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the oath will confirm their statements and end all dispute. Good. So what? In the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirmed it even more forcefully to those who inherit his promises. His purpose was unchangeable, so God added his vow to his promise. So he had his promise and his vow. What was that? Glad you asked. It is impossible for God to lie. For we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his hearts to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. Woo, ain't that good? Ain't that good? We do what? We run into God. We hide in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize. Here we go again. What? What has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. Before you showed up, this promise has been here. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable Anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. 
and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. See that? Woo! We went into a sacred threshold. Why? God ain't going to lie. Faith and patience. Now, let me tell you something about faith and patience. Nobody likes it. But you got to have faith and patience to inherit the promises because all these promises ain't just coming to pass because you believe. You have to have patience. Okay? You're going to you're gonna have to have that patience to obtain that promise. Not because God's mean or being goofy, but I want you to notice it's important, right? It's big because patience has to have its perfect work. That's what James said. Perfected faith is patient faith. You all know that. Man, you need to see this, right? You need to see James. Everybody's like, we need to see James, right? Well, you don't need, you, you got to understand this, that let patience have its perfect work. Well, where in the heaven is that? Well, James chapter one tells you about that. The testing of your faith. Go to James one, two. Go to James. You need to read these things because when you go through this, um, It just, it, it, it helps you endure, I think. Because, you know, it, it, here's the thing. That, that seed's going to take time to grow. James 1, 2. It's going to take time to grow, so you got to know, hey, it's a process, man. Because if I get mad at the process, I'm going to quit and forfeit that seed. So watch this. My brethren, count it all joy. Yeah, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Man, we were in Bible school, and Brother Hagin was saying that. He said, count it all joy. He said, I didn't count, and it helped me. I said, what do you mean? Count it all joy when you got problems? Weird, you know? And Brother Hagin made it sound so good. He said, I didn't count it all joy when, like, when the kids got sick and something was wrong. He said, I counted it all joy because I had the answer living inside of me. That's why he counted it all joy. You got no, what are we going to do? We'll lay hands on the sick. The sick will recover. Pray and believe God. It'll change. See, you got God, so you count it all joy because this thing in front of me ain't going to take me out. I'm knocking it out. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. Man, who wants to hear that scripture? I want to hear that, right? But let patience have her perfect work. Funny how he calls patience like a woman. Called her her, right? Figures. That's funny. You should have laughed, right? But let patience have her perfect work. We know patience is a thing. Funny how he identified patience with a woman, because if you got a woman, you're going to have to be patient. Praise the Lord. Maybe that's why God created women, to teach us how to be patient. Glory be to God. I don't know. That might be a new doctrine I preach next month. Come on, lighten up, relax. Give me five more minutes. God, you guys, right? But let patience have her perfect what work, and that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Look what he says. If any of you lack wisdom, you better ask a God. He'll give it to you. He'll, he'll, he won't hold it back. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, because if you get wavering like a sea, you ain't going to receive nothing of the Lord. He said in verse 8, you're double-minded, and you're unstable in all your ways. Okay? So you got to get that. I got to let patience have its process. Well, what is patience, pro- what is patience process? I'm, a, I'm, I'm stable no matter what comes at me. Does that make sense? That's big, too, if you think about it. You know? And a lot of people say, well, you know, your actions. Man, your words are found in your actions, and your actions are found in your words. Does that make sense? It's true. Your words, your words are your actions, and your actions are your words. It's important. 
Look, you want to see? What, this, uh, might as well go here. Go to James. I'm sorry. Go to Matthew. Go to this last one I'll give you. Go to Matthew chapter 12. You look at my, I've read this to you a hundred times, but you need to hear this, man. Right? Matt, go to Matthew 12, 33. We'll wrap it up. Right? Check this out. Reading the King James, it just reads great. Boom. Here we go. Either make the tree good or its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt or its fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by its fruit. Right? He's saying, look, if you go and pull up an orange, we got orange trees all over here in Florida. You walk up to the tree, it ain't no big mystery what it is. You know what I mean? You got lime trees, le apple trees, lemon trees. You see it all, right? So you walk up to the tree, you look at the fruit, you know what kind of tree it is. We had a tree in the back over here, and somebody told me it was a hickory. I don't know. And I went up there, I looked, I said, is that a hickory tree? Somebody's like, yeah, it's a hickory tree. I don't know nothing about trees, but guess what? I know something about fruit, right? You walk up to an orange tree, you see oranges. You, nobody got to tell you that's an orange tree. You know. I don't know what an oak, I know what an oak looks like, but you know what I'm saying. Some trees can't tell, but fruit trees, you could tell. Jesus said, I'm talking to you, you the tree. You got to look at just some people. You know what kind of fruit they got. Oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speak? Now, right there, there's a mystery, right? That bothered me. Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. I was like, how'd this junk get in my heart? You ever hear my mouth? Woo! You're like, how'd that get in your heart? Well, it got in your ear. This is why people don't understand. Of the abundance of the heart, let the mouth speak. Well, how did you get stuff in your heart in abundance? You've been hearing it. Faith comes by hearing. The minute you hear, it goes in your heart. So I got mad. I was like, well, why can my mouth be speaking one blessing and cursing the next minute? What's wrong with this ding-dong mouth of mine? Well, it's connected to either the spirit or the flesh. That's what you got to realize. A good man added a good treasure, bringing forth good things. That's us, right? Trying to find the good things. An evil man bringing forth out of the evil treasure, bringing evil things. Now, obviously, we don't have evil in us, but sometimes we lean over the flesh side. But I'm saying to you, Every idle word that men speak, they will give account of, therefore, in a day of judgment. Oh, great. Ain't that great? Right? We got to give account of our words. All of them. Not even the, even the playful ones. For by your words you shall be what? Justified, just as if you never sinned. And by your words you shall be what? Condemned. Ain't that great? Woo. Now, you ready for this? Now, watch. Can I, can I give you this? Oh, this is good, man. This is good. This is, this, this is, um, this is kind of, go, go look at the passion and look at Matthew 12, 36, and 37. And this, this thing reads so well, you cannot misinterpret this. You know what I mean? And then this is it, man. It's a wrap. So get your confession right. Get your mouth right. Get your spirit right. Get everything right. Because I promise you, God's right. He's tight. It's right. Matthew 12, 36, passion. You can be sure of this. When the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Oh, yay. Great. Every, your very words will be used as evidence against you, and your words will declare you either to be innocent or guilty. Man, you got to get your confession right. Amen? So look, man, that's a wrap. 
Think about this. Your words are putting you over. Your words are putting you under. Your words are putting you there. Get your confession right. He said, if you had faith as a grain of seed, you would say. Get your saying going in the right direction. Get your confession and only say what you want to see and change your tomorrow. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person listening at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for empowering them, equipping them. Let them say. Let us be a believer, but let us be five times more the sayer. Let us say what you say about situation. Let us say what you say in every area of life. Let us only say what you say and let our faith go to work. We put faith to work with the words of our mouth and the situation, circumstance, and everything else obeys our faith because you gave us your faith to do the works with. Father, we are forever indebted to you for giving us your faith, which overcame the world. Thank you for the blessing of the faith of God on the inside of me. Now teach me how to activate it. Teach me how to sow it. Teach me how to say it. And teach me how to hold on to it to produce the harvest of my life to see my future change forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Go back and watch last night. Watch tonight. Thank you for sharing. And remember this, add confession to an area of your life and change your future forever. I promise you, it's foundational principles. They work, they'll work for you, they work for Jesus, and I if it worked for Jesus, you know it's gonna work for me and you. Start, start being conscious of your confession and allow only positivity to come out of your mouth and create a reality of the future you wanna see. I love you guys, and I'll see you Sunday, 9 and 10.30, and don't forget, Palm Coast is in full effect. Nine o'clock here. 10.30 here and 11.45 at Palm Coast Campus. Palm Coast is getting ready to go. We're going there, and I cannot wait to see you here at Relevant Church. We love you guys. God bless you, and thank you for tonight. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.